You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got to start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, where we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. You are almost to the weekend, those of you who are on your way to work, but thank you guys for checking out the show today, especially those who are doing it for the first time. And also, if you guys are looking for another NFL show that covers the entire NFL, Peacock and Williamson is the best place to go. You have a former NFL scout and one of the best hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network, breaking down everything in bite-sized fashion going on around the NFL. But let's get back to the Chargers, because if you guys clicked on any type of social media on Thursday, you were going to see one thing, and that was every single Chargers fan alive linking Julio Jones to the Chargers. So luckily, literally every single one. Literally every single one. I mean, there there has <laughs> not been an exception yet. If someone wasn't talking about that, they're probably not on social media. And you saw all sorts of different reactions. So we have nowhere else to start. But there in the first segment, we'll talk about our interest level in adding in, you know, a future Hall of Famer in Julio Jones and also what that cost might be and what it will cost the Chargers salary cap wise as well. And then in the second and third segments, we want to talk about some post-draft breakout players this season. And I think there's going to be some repeats from last year to this year, right? Some guys that we were hoping to break out, who once again we are hoping to break out again. So who once again we find ourselves thinking, is this the year this guy finally breaks out? So in the second segment, we'll be looking at the offensive side of the ball. Maybe someone like Donald Parham is a guy who could break out this season. And then to wrap up the show, we'll look at the defensive side of the ball and talk about some names we've already had this conversation about. Guys like Nazir Adderley or Jerry Tillery or even someone coming into a much bigger role like Uchenna Nwosu and a couple of Dark Horse candidates for that as well. But let's go ahead and get into it. If you have a pulse, you have now heard that the Chargers are most definitely going to trade for Julio Jones, but maybe not going to, but... I think most Charger fans have sold themselves on the fact that they are going to get Julio Jones one way or another. And basically what came out was Jeff Schultz from The Athletic wrote an article about why the Falcons want to trade Julio Jones. And that's because they are in salary cap hell right now, even with all of the restructurings and things like that that they have already done. They still find themselves unable to sign the draft picks like Kyle Pitts that they were able to bring in this year. And they're still about... Seven to eight million dollars short reportedly. So the Falcons need to trade Julio Jones to some extent. So, David, just on the surface, when you see that, would you be interested in the Chargers trading for Julio Jones? I think when you look at Julio Jones, you acknowledge that he was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL for the last decade. I mean, he has put up crazy stats. He's probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is on the other other side of 30, which you don't like, but he is still productive. I mean, he averaged 85.7 yards per game and caught 51 of his 68 targets. So, I mean, if he played a full 16-game season, he was on pace for 1,371 yards. That's from BoltBeat.com right there. So that's still really, really good numbers. And, I mean, 
one thing I think we have to put to bed here as far as Julio Jones is the injury-prone label. I think that's way overblown. He had eight of his 10 seasons where he played 13 games or more. So he is very, very much a healthy player. He's not injury-prone. we got to get that out of the way. But as far as my interest level, I mean, anytime you can add a dynamic pass catcher and add him to a young quarterback, I mean, how could you not be at least a little uh, interested in bringing that guy in if he's available? Well, when you look at teams that could potentially be interested in Julio Jones, I mean, it starts with the cost. And the team who wants to bring him in this year will have to create about $15 million in salary cap space. The Chargers right now will be close to that after signing Rashawn Slater to his rookie deal. So they still have a couple more things to go, but they were sitting around $20 million in available cap space. And then the next two years... Julio would be at a pretty discounted rate for top receivers, somewhere around $11.5 million. So that part of it is very palatable. I mean, Mike Williams is going to be a free agent. He is going to cost somewhere around that if he has any kind of productive season this year. That's kind of what we saw out on the open market in free agency this year. It went down. Nobody was getting that 20 mil like Keenan Allen, but a lot of 12 to $15 million on the top range of that. So, I think it is a discounted rate. I think that you can definitely stomach that with Justin Herbert on his rookie contract. So that doesn't really turn me off of it. I'm going to disagree on the injury proneness a little bit just because, yes, he's played in most of those games. I mean, most of his seasons are 15 games plus, right? Uh-huh. A lot of those games, though, and I've known this from having him on my fantasy team and just, you know, general <laughs> NFL knowledge, but he's questionable all week, right? And you don't know if he's going to play. Yeah. And then when he's out there, you don't know what version of him you're going to get. You don't know how many of those starts were him going out there as decoys, right? And I think with Julio Jones, what you always get are two to three very, very special games every year where he absolutely blows up. And I think that pads his final statistics a little bit. But still, I mean, adding him to this Chargers offense would definitely take it to the next level. Him, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all the auxiliary parts that seem a lot better as far as what their roles would be. If you had an alpha male at the top, like Julio Jones, an obvious number one. But then it comes down, David, to what it's going to cost for the Chargers to do it. So Schultz also reported that it's unlikely they're going to get a first rounder for him. So the bidding starts at a second round pick, which for a future Hall of Fame receiver doesn't seem like very much. But what would you be willing to give up if you were trying to get the Chargers or get the Falcons to entertain trading Julio Jones to you? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at the leverage that the Falcons have or the lack thereof to be more accurate. I mean, they really have to make this move like we were talking about earlier. So they need multiple teams to come to the table and and want to be able to take them and actually have the cap space to be able to make it happen. The Chargers do have the cap space to make it happen if they move some money around. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. But the Falcons are going to want draft draft capital I mean in return and so for the charges for me I don't know if I would be much more comfortable than a second and potentially a sixth and I don't even like throwing in the six but the chargers are projected to get three or four comp picks next year and most of those are going to be in the later round sixth or seventh round so getting rid of a six round pick in conjunction with the second I think would be what I would stomach and because the Falcons are going to need multiple teams to come to the table it's for me it's a, a take it or leave it type of deal I mean it's a second and a sixth you, you you either take it or that's it. I'm walking away. I'm good with a second because I think if you add Julio Jones and he plays, you know, 12 games for you in 2021, 
that's more than enough, you know, to put the Chargers over the top offensively and, you know, to keep them probably having a second round draft pick that's going to be around, you know, between 50 and 60 probably. So that's probably where that pick would be. If you're telling me a second and a fourth to bring in Julio Jones since you already kind of have the salary count space for it this year and he fits into the future, I'm good with a second and a fourth round pick. I mean, I might even be able to be talked into a second and a third just because this is a once in a lifetime player. Yes, he's getting older, but the other thing is, is it shows that you're going for it, right? I mean, we haven't seen any of those win now moves for the Chargers. We don't know if they think they're Super Bowl contenders right now or if they think they're a year away potentially from being contenders, right? If you make this move, you're saying we're contenders right now. We're going for a Super Bowl right now. You probably have two more seasons before you have to pay Justin Herbert. The window is there. It's not the biggest need for the Chargers by any means. I mean, it's not. But this would be the time to do it, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if you need it to be like the right time. I mean, I think if you get him, it definitely puts you in the stratosphere, you know, of some of the top teams in the NFL. And I just don't think, I mean, you don't think that Tom Telesco will do it. I don't think any of us think that Tom Telesco will actually pull it off. But if he did, it would be pretty crazy. It would be insane. Absolutely pandemonium. I think it would it would bring the Chargers into the headlines, into the market of L.A. if they bring a, a guy of that caliber, of definitely first ballot future Hall of Famer. You, you pair him with that young gunslinger and Justin Herbert in L.A., and I think you get a couple more primetime games out of it, too. I, I think they would get flexed into some games if Julio Jones joins this already explosive offense. But I think it goes back to to the point we just made, and, and it's the fact that Tom Telesco just doesn't make moves like this. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do it. I mean, it would be far and away the biggest trade he's ever made, and the biggest one right now is Trey Turner, and that didn't exactly pan out for them, but... I think it is relatively low risk for them, right? I mean, $11 million, if he doesn't play another down, obviously, would suck. But at the same time, you expect him to play most of the season, even as a guy who's getting up there, just because he is such a freak athletic specimen. That I mean, he's just a dude that changes the complexion of your offense and really gives you probably one of the best offenses in the NFL if the offensive line can hold up. But don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. It doesn't mean I don't think they should try to make it happen. But we do have two more segments to get into. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about a couple of offensive players who could potentially have a breakout 2021 seasons. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline, as well as keeping up with the playoffs, because NBA and NHL are all in playoff mode right now. Some really crazy games have already gone down. The NHL has had a crazy overtime games. The Lakers just hit a three the other night to win a play-in game. So much craziness, and you guys can get in on all the action at BetOnline, the one place where we trust our money with in the one place that we bet and all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on that's promo code locked on all caps one word for a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts all right David well one of the things that we do every single year is look at the breakout players potentially for the Chargers in 2021 or for the upcoming season, whatever year it is. But this year, there's a couple of names that we're still kind of, you know, holding on to hope for. It kind of feels like Forrest Lamp in some ways. Those guys are mostly in the next segment where every year, like, all right, well, he's injured last year. 
This is the year he comes back. Oh, well, there's a coaching change. This is going to be what makes this person We're always break hopeful, out. man. <laughs> yeah, no, for, for sure. But there is someone every year, right? Two years ago, it was Drew Tranquil that was kind of the breakout guy. I mean, Mike Williams potentially had a breakout season already, if you count either his 10-touchdown season or his 1,000-yard season, but neither of those came in the same season. I think Mike Williams, just on a contract year, could have a fully blossomed breakout year this season just with that incentive, especially if he didn't have you know to worry about any nagging injuries for the season. But the offense is interesting because Justin Herbert can't really break out. Neither can Austin Eckler, neither can Keenan Allen, right? So you're kind of limited on who the options are here. But when you think of a guy who could break out offensively, who comes to your mind? A guy who came on late at the end of the year with improved route running for me was Tyron Johnson. I mean, you look at his stats. I mean, they're not crazy, but, I mean, they're solid. 20 receptions, 26 targets, 398 yards, 19.9 yards per reception. So a big, deep threat. Uh, Three touchdowns, and those were pretty much 50-plus. I mean, all of them. He made a a big impact early on with those, those long bombs, but as the season progressed, he got better and better as a route runner, and you see, you saw him make crucial catches, big catches for the Chargers that helped them win games. So I'd like to see that continue next year. I think it will. Um, And I think he's one of my guys who is primed to break out for the Chargers. I think there's a couple of factors for Tyron Johnson or T-Billy, whichever one you would like. And I think one of them has to do with Mike Williams' health. You know, if Mike Williams goes down, it's not like he's the exact comp for him as far as who would fill in for him. But it does open up more snaps at wide receiver, right? Josh Palmer is the guy that would fit more into the Mike Williams role, but there's usually three receivers on the field. So somebody by default is going to get more snaps because of that. And I think it just has to depend kind of just on how much Josh Palmer is going to be involved early on as the first, you know, offensive weapon that this new coaching staff selected in the draft. So I think both of those factors will play in, but yes, the route running got better. He turned into more than just a deep threat as the season went on. And as far as just a guy who has speed, you know, just enough to take the top off the defense. He's definitely a speedy guy. Made some good catches. Made some clutch catches for the Chargers. I think he is someone that's kind of you know coming into his own and has a chance to have a pretty good season, especially compared to the 20 catches that he had last year. But another guy I know we both agree on that could potentially break out and for the Chargers offense, like I said, you're talking about backups for the most part or guys that aren't necessarily going to be starters right away. And I think the one that comes to mind for us, is Donald Parham. I know he's the guy you had on your list as well. Last season, made the most out of his opportunities, right? His first few catches were all touchdowns for the Chargers. So that was cool for him. You know, we thought that was all he was ever going to do at one point. But a guy who's like 6'8", just a huge red zone target, also runs, you know, a mid (laughs) 4'6". You could just pretty much stand him in the end zone, and you'd hope that he would have a chance to come down with every ball, even if he doesn't leave the ground at times. But he has more ability there, David. I think if the Chargers can get him in more catch-and-run situations, that they can use him more down the seam. Obviously, Jared Cook is tight end target number one, right? But we could see a lot of two tight end formations. And I think that it's going to take Trey McKitty a little while to kind of come into his own as a receiver, right, early on in the NFL. So I think Donald Parham does have a chance to make the Chargers feel better about only having Jared Cook on a one-year deal if he's able to break out this year. Yeah, I mean, a guy who can stand up 
and moss somebody without jumping <laughs> is definitely a guy who can be a weapon for, for the Chargers. The, the one thing I like to see him improve on this year is, you know, just getting more receptions. He only caught 10 balls on 20 targets. So that's only 50% there. So I'd like to see that get better. But I also believe the Chargers didn't really utilize him to the best of his ability. So I'd like to see, you know, Joe Lombardi do a better job of implementing him because he could be a red zone monster. I mean, just how big he is. I mean, they threw one face to him of of uh, of they threw one fade to him last year that didn't really work out but I'd like to see that happen more often more opportunities scheme him open give him more chances to make an impact he's shown that he can catch t- touchdown passes and he can do it in a couple of different ways I mean he showed a couple of decent routes but I'd like to see some improved route running and better utilization for him because like I said in the red zone you just can't make up better mismatches than a guy who is the size of a skyscraper. I mean, if they use him correctly, he can definitely break out in 2021. Right, and it's going to be with how many snaps he gets too, right? Because Steven Anderson was pretty impressive down the stretch last season too. So he's a guy that could have a chance to make some waves in camp and show that he's the second, you know, receiving option at the position. But don't apply him as far as physical skill set. You're not going to find anything better than that. But one thing we were kind of talking about before was can a rookie be a breakout player? And I know you have one on your list, so make your argument. I do, I do. So for me, it's Larry Roundtree the third, And my reasoning behind this, yes, he's a rookie, and it, it's hard to say a rookie's going to break out, but I think the role that they're going to have for him is going to be the reason why he breaks out. He's going to be in on those third and shorts and those goal-to-go situations because the Chargers haven't had success in those situations. Austin Eckler is just a little too small, and he's shown to have some issues when you really got to punch it in. They tried to give Joshua Kelly those opportunities. He had some fumble issues and also just not great success in those situations. I think this is where Larry Roundtree steps in. He's like that goal line vulture. He's a guy who's going to score multiple short yardage touchdowns, and I think for that reason, he is going to break out. He had 14 touchdowns last year in college. A lot of those were in similar situations that I just described. I think he is a guy who's going to get many of those. I can see as much as 10 touchdowns for the rookie this year. Yeah, and I think, you know, many people thought that's what Josh Kelly's role was going to be, but it seems pretty obvious that that's what he's going to do for the Chargers and how they see him as far as being a different type of running back than they already have. And with Josh Kelly's, you know, fumbling issue, it's hard to trust someone like that at the goal line. We don't want to see any more Melvin Gordon situations, but please, God, (laughs) no. I mean, there was multiple of them. I mean, Austin Eckler's fumble out the one, Justin Jackson's fumble out the one, Melvin Gordon fumble out the one. Everyone's done it, but. Nightmares. I would also say somebody that fits really well, I think, into the Chargers' new running scheme is actually Justin Jackson, right? And with him, it's always been health. He's made this list before as far as breakout players. But sneaky guy that could really do a lot with a little. I mean, if you look at, like, the San Francisco 49ers, like, they have a few different running backs that none of them are going to eclipse, you know, 1,500 rushing yards, but a lot of them have big plays. I think that could be set up well for Justin Jackson, who I think, If you get him in the wide zone scheme, you get him on the outside, you let him make a cut and get upfield, he's super dangerous in open space. So if he can find that crease, he's a big play waiting to happen. I mean, it's not that far removed from him, you know, leading for the first month of the season, the entire NFL in average yards per rush. So he has that playmaking ability. He's never been able to carry it more than 59 times in a season. I was actually surprised that last year was his most carries, only averaged 4.6 yards per carry, but... 
with that offensive line, I mean, that actually seems like a really, really good number. So it does. I think he's kind of a dark horse guy. We both agreed that for offensive linemen, if it's not Rashawn Slater, right, who could just burst onto the scene as one of the, you know, a top 10 tackle in the NFL, that's how much I believe in his talent. I mean, that's something that's attainable for him. We think it's Odea Bushi, who is a guy who just seems like he hasn't really had the opportunity. And he's also a guy where if he has competition in camp, like Brandon Hymas is a guy who can have a breakout season or could lose his starting job in camp. But I would lean towards the prior on that one. But we still have the entire defense to talk about. And Brandon Staley specifically should play a big role in helping some of these players take the next step. So coming up after this, we'll be talking about some defenders that could make a leap in 2021 and that's coming up right after this all right david well we talked about some breakout players on the offense and we wanted to do kind of a post-draft breakout player segment before you know maybe we'll get into it again before the season starts and we'll see how training camp plays out and if anybody has more of a clear role but for the defense first i want to start with two guys who we've been continually waiting for the breakout season and last year both guys had a very clean route to solid playing time and both did get solid playing time and yet both still failed to really have a significant breakout season and I'm talking about Nazir Adderley and Jerry Tillery so with Brandon Staley I do think his defense and his scheme and trying to play to the strengths of his players and using guys like Joey Bosa and Derwin James as ways to draw the focus away from some other guys to give some other guys single team matchups and make the rest of the defense better And I think that's what we're hoping here for Nazir Adderley and Jerry Tillery because these are two guys, first and second round picks in the 2019 draft class. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. So, David, I think there's a case for both of these guys to be a breakout player for the Chargers in 2021. But who do you think is more likely? Who's more likely for me in this situation, I think, is Nazir Adley for me. I, I just love the the ball hawking ability, and hopefully he's playing next to Derwin James. I think that's a major key for me mm-hmm. because Derwin's just so good, and he's going to elevate Nazir Adley's game. I think he's just a great complement to him, and if he's out there, he can feel more confident that the guy next to him is going to do his job and do his job at an elite level. So... That's why I think more so that Nazir Adley is going to be the guy. And also with Brandon Staley's defense, I think it's going to uh, allow him to be more free and to have help on the other side within that split safety look. So I think Uchenna Nwosu is important for him to break out, but I think Nazir Adley is the more likely of the two to do so. The thing that I think plays in the favor of Nazir Adderley the most is the split safety scheme look, right? Because... There was a lot of times last season, and I've talked about this before, where it just seemed like Nazir Adderley was just a half step away, right, from being at the ball while it's in the air. And he was injured the year before. He you know, really was playing for the first time on a full-time basis last year due to the injury of Derwin James. Didn't even really have the whole camp you know, as a starting player. But those are just excuses. He still has to do it. But I think the combination of not having the entire field as your priority and being able to cut that in half and really put yourself in some positions where you might be able to make a play on the football, that's going to greatly help Nazir Adderley. And the other thing is, he's not the sole last line of defense because Nazir Adderley in college was a good tackler. I mean, Nazir Adderley before last season and the limited time we had seen him with the Chargers preseason, a couple of games his rookie year, was a good tackler. And I think that part of it can go back. He's always been a willing tackler, and I think the angles become a lot easier when you're not taking the entire field as your domain and having to make 
all of these different crazy angles and pursuits. It's a great point. That's what that's why my case would be for Nazir Adder, and I think those two things will help him tremendously if he's able to stay healthy. But Jerry Tillery as well. I mean, Brandon Staley runs a lot of very wide fronts. What he likes to do is he likes to get offensive linemen feeling that they have to hit these spots and get back to these spots in pass protection because of these wide fronts that are in front of him. And what that does is it really opens up a lot of gaps and it puts a lot of pressure, you know, on linebackers and safeties to be able to come up and tackle. But what it also does is helps free guys up for single team rushes. And I think Jerry Tillery can still get home on those. My biggest thing with Tillery, it's still hard for me to imagine him as a full-time run stuffer, not even a run stuffer, an average run defender that's not going to get pushed around because when he was on the edge last year, he was failing to keep contain. When he was on the inside, he can't really stand up to double teams. If he can fix that, I mean, he has a chance to be a full-time defensive tackle, but we still haven't seen that yet, and that seems less likely to me than Nazir Adderley improving and getting to more balls in 2021, but... Let's talk about some other guys, David, because I think another really important position for a guy to break out for the Chargers is at edge defender. Yeah, definitely edge defender is going to be really important for the Chargers. There's going to be a couple of candidates. I mean, you just can't expect Joey Bosa to be the only guy providing pass rush. We saw that 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 doesn't really work. I mean, he's at his best when he has somebody else to rely on to get after the quarterback. So you got to hope that Uchenna and Wosu is going to be that guy. I mean, this is his time to shine. He has every incentive to do that. If he does well, he can get himself another contract with the Chargers. But it's really important that he does so. At four and a half sacks last year, you need that number to go up I mean if he really wants to get paid he needs to go above 10 and a half sacks uh, or more or the contract's not going to be what he wants it to be but the Chargers need more guys to get after the quarterback and Nuchenin Wosu has got to be the number one guy for that yeah and he has the ability to I mean we've seen some effortless pass rushes from him whether it's you know dipping around people or bull rushing them or coming up with the strip sack of Lamar Jackson in the playoffs showing up in big moments He's had a lot of those. I mean, the Bengals a couple years ago, nice strip sack to end the game. I think it ended up as an interception because I think Isaac Rochelle ended up catching it. But still, I mean, he's made big-time plays, and he's also never played 50% of the defensive snaps, right? So something's got to give. But I think Gus Bradley had a reluctance to play Uchenna Nwosu. We thought when Melvin Ingram was hurt that it would be obvious to everyone that Uchenna Nwosu should be out there full-time. Instead, we were pounding the table. We were like, put him in. They would rather put Jerry Tillery on the outside, we found out last year, than to give, you know, Uchen Nwosu a full-time starting role there. But I think it's possible, and I think with Brandon Staley having, you know, someone like Leonard Floyd where you're kind of taking someone with that potential and jumping them up from, like, four sacks to a guy who's a double-digit sack artist, I think is going to really help him. Them putting the focus on Joey Bosa and, you know, overloading that side, getting Uchen Nwosu Nice weak side single team matchups, I think, is going to help a lot. And I think he has the easiest path this year to be that breakout player and have it show up on the stat sheet. I mean, for Nazir Adderley, it's like there's just no one else, right? So, right. like, it has to be Nazir Adderley, or you're just going to get subpar free safety play for the whole season because there's nobody else. Well, like, who position. it is? <laughs> who is it, though? I mean, if it's not him, it's Derwin James. No, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Derwin exactly. James is going to be the best free safety in the league, but by himself. Yeah. There's also some more defensive pieces, though. And when you're looking at this, I mean, Joey Bosa, Derwin James can't be breakout players. Neither can Chris Harris Jr. So you're still limited a little bit on who you could go with. Michael Davis kind of had a breakout season? Question mark. Yeah. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if he's a candidate for that. 
Um, but I do think there are some other options, David, defensively on guys that we could see, you know, have a much better season maybe than we've ever seen from them. Yeah, for me, it's Drew Tranquil. I mean, last year he plays one snap, gets hurt, loses the entire season. Yep. I mean, you can't you can't help but you know feel a little bit bad for him. I mean, your heart breaks. I mean, you get you, you work your ass off all all off season to go out there and play a full season, and it just gets taken away from you so quickly. I mean, he's, he's a guy who had more coverage snaps than than uh, rundown snaps, two hundred and twenty nine of those in in the year that he actually played two years ago. Which I mean, he had pretty good PFF grades from that sixty two point eight coverage grade he actually had a better run defensive grade at 69.6 but I think he's really going to excel with Kenneth Murray next to him as well as Joey Bosa and Uchenna and Wosu rushing the quarterback in front of him and also Derwin James behind him hopefully a healthy Derwin James for me Drew Tranquil is one of those one of those young guys I think is poised to have a great year in 2021 yeah and I think there's an argument for Kenneth Murray as well and I think one of the things that has sold me a little bit on a breakout from one of those two guys so far is just Brandon Staley's willingness to not really think of that position as a huge need, right? I mean, we saw the linebackers he had to deal with last year and he made it work, right? And he's even admitted that they didn't have the most talent at that position. He seems pretty content with having Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil and Kazir White, right? It wasn't a huge focus for them. Even the one guy they did bring in seems to be more of a special teamer in Nick Neiman. So he seems to have a lot of faith in these guys, which makes me feel a lot better about it. And Kenneth Murray, at least the last part of his season, I did think he was significantly better. He stayed a good tackler. The reads became cleaner. The coverage still wasn't really there. But the other thing he brings as far as potential breakouts, blitzing ability. I mean, he was a good blitzer in college. Didn't see that nearly enough last season. When we did, it was subpar. I think he could get set up for some really nice tackling opportunities in Brandon Staley's defense to just be an absolute tackling machine. And I think you will see him grow in some other areas as well. So I do think he is a candidate too. And And he's got his old number back now. And he's K-9, which just seems to fit him a lot better. You know, the K-9 is back in the building. But that is going to do it for today's show, guys. If you guys want to tell us, who your breakout player for the Chargers is in 2021. You can hit us up on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David at DroTalkSD. If you guys don't already, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. It really helps with the daily format. You guys will never miss a show. And you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, the new Odyssey app, as well as Apple Podcasts too. And if you guys like the show, we would really appreciate it if you rate it and reviewed as well. If you guys want to get your voice on the Locked on Chargers podcast, call into the Locked on Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. Already have a couple of good ones for the next show, so make sure you guys get out on that. But we'll be back with you guys on Monday. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.